In Brazil, President Jair Bolsonaro remains skeptical about the severity of coronavirus and has refused to impose lockdown restrictions or support the use of face masks. As the number of infections and deaths continues to climb. Brazil's government says the country has surpassed more than one million confirmed coronavirus cases. In the process, he's divided the country and seen a slew of resignations from his own government. During the pandemic crisis, President Jair Bolsonaro has distinguished himself as arguably the biggest COVID-19 denialist in the world. He compared the disease to the sniffles. He said social isolation was useless against the coronavirus. He incited supporters to break into hospitals and, quote, film empty beds, which in his mind would prove that the crisis is being blown out of proportion in a stunt to destabilize his administration. All that despite growing numbers of infections and deaths. Now, Jair Bolsonaro is one of the 1.6 million people in Brazil to have contracted the coronavirus, and he hopes to turn his diagnosis into a political weapon. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. President Jair Bolsonaro's way of doing politics shares the aesthetics of those real-life daytime trash TV shows. And on July 7, he turned suspicions that he had contracted the coronavirus into a reality TV stunt. Step one, tell a big-time cable news reporter that he had a fever and might be COVID-19 positive. Breaking news, CNN. Check. Step two, invite reporters to a press conference the following day, building suspense. Check. Step three, Use the microphone to lash out at his detractors. Also check. Ewan Marshall, as the Brazilian Report's editor, you followed Tuesday's events every step of the way. How did it go? Hi, Gustavo. Well, it reminded me of a Brazilian TV show called Teste de Fidelidade. which is basically this kind of real-life, in scare quotes, hidden camera show where people test whether their spouses are faithful or not. So basically what happens is the show will put this unwitting spouse into a closed situation with an unreasonably good-looking actor of the opposite sex who will then try to seduce them. And then we see how far their fealty goes. It's trash television, and its rating strategy is basically building up the stakes until we find out whether the spouse does in fact go through with it or not. And how does that go? So every time the actor makes a move, the host will then butt in, screaming to kind of stop the reel. And this just makes the viewers more and more curious. You know, the presenter will keep this up throughout the whole show, before finally revealing the outcome at the end, which is often the same because, you know, the flesh of a hidden camera contestant is often weak. Okay, so how does that relate to Bolsonaro's announcement of his coronavirus diagnosis? 
Well, like you said, Bolsonaro built up the momentum for his announcement by telling the press that he had a fever and he was expecting his test results at noon on Tuesday. And this raised many eyebrows right away because back in March he was already rumoured to have contracted the coronavirus but refused to reveal his results until two months later under duress in the Supreme Court. Uh-huh. So Bolsonaro invited two of his favourite networks, which is CNN Brazil and Hecorge, alongside state television. And from early on the day, these channels were prepping viewers for the big climax, you know, but multiple times when we thought that he would finally announce his results, there would be some technical problem that would prevent him from speaking. Estamos aguardando para acompanhar ao vivo esse pronunciamento, essa informação que o presidente vai passar aos brasileiros. And all the while, the news anchors kept the suspense going, saying that, you know, in a few moments, Bolsonaro will reveal if he has COVID-19. Until? Until he finally came out and said that, yes, he had tested positive. E ele acabou de dar positivo. Deu positivo, deu positivo então? Deu positivo, deu positivo. And what next? Well, he then used the microphone to double down on the coronavirus message he's been spouting since the start of the pandemic, which involves defending the use of hydroxychloroquine, bashing social isolation measures, and blaming governors for the economic woes that Brazil is experiencing at the moment. It's like that saying, if life gives you coronavirus... Yeah, exactly. There's a chance that he is now trying to use this episode to prove that he was right all along, because, you know, if he recovers fast unscathed, as we all hope he will, of course, he will be able to toot his own horn and say he was right to call it a little flu. But that is a high-risk, low-reward move, right? Yeah, I mean, as we published on the Brazilian report on Tuesday afternoon, you know, deciding to gloat about successfully beating the coronavirus is unlikely to come across well in a country with, you know, 65,000-plus deaths. Then why do it in the first place? Well, some pundits have compared this diagnosis to the stabbing that Bolsonaro suffered during the 2018 presidential campaign. Jair Bolsonaro has been left in a serious but stable condition in hospital. This after being stabbed while drumming up support ahead of next month's vote. Hospital officials say it could take two months for him to recover. And it helps solidify Bolsonaro as a top candidate because adversaries couldn't, you know, they couldn't trash talk someone who was in the hospital fighting for his life. And it also allowed him to skip all of the presidential debates during the campaign. Which was helpful because he performed horribly in all the debates he did take part in. Exactly. But the stakes are by no means the same, right? I mean, now the country faces a job apocalypse and the economy is set to have its sharpest fall on record. That's true. Uh, deaths are piling up and traditionally the incumbent president is held responsible for the problems the country faces, you know, even if... A crisis is not exactly the making of the government itself. Well, you can't say this government has not fueled this crisis. No, not at all. Uh, whether by inaction or irresponsible policies, the Bolsonaro administration is you know, quite responsible for making the crisis this bad this quickly. Uh-huh. And political scientist Carlos Melo told us in an interview that there are two additional problems. One, the government doesn't have the money to help small and medium-sized companies, which are, you know, they're the main employers in the country. And two, the government still has a lack of experience and knowledge of how Brazil's public administration works. Yeah, he mentioned the emergency aid as the best example of that. Yeah, that's right, because, you know, many people received this benefit unlawfully, while, you know, some of those who are in need are still waiting to receive their money. 
So if catching the coronavirus is unlikely to make Bolsonaro deflect all the blame for the problems, how will this crisis unfold? Well, it depends a lot on the president's prognosis, but, you know, we should definitely expect more turmoil. That's Brazil's new normal, apparently. Yeah, even before the pandemic. While the president gets infected with the coronavirus, Brazilian states are reopening, trying to get back to some sort of normalcy. More on that after the break. Hi, I'm Laura Kiran, co-founder of The Brazilian Report. COVID-19 has created a media paradox. Audiences are going up, but for many journalism companies, revenues actually is going down. Some of Brazil's biggest media outlets are trying to cut the salaries of their reporters by up to 70%. Not us. We protect our team because they bring you the best information about Brazilian English. But we do ask you to subscribe to The Brazilian Report, which is the engine of this podcast. There, you will find new in-depth content every day, special reports, analytical newsletters. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. And please stay safe. Over the last week, bars and restaurants have reopened for business in Brazil's two most populous cities of Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro. In the latter, social media was awash with startling images of bustling drinking hoes operating well over capacity and crowded beaches. The footage was remarkably similar to what we have seen in England, where pubs have been reopened and beachgoers flocked to the south coast of Dorset. There's one big difference between these cases, though. In Britain, new cases of the coronavirus have fallen steadily over the last two months. On Monday, the UK as a whole recorded just 560 new cases of the disease, a far cry from the 6,211 new infections registered exactly eight weeks before. Meanwhile, in Brazil, nothing of the sort has occurred. Between Tuesday and Saturday of last week, the country recorded an average of 41,000 cases per day, which was actually an increase of the average of the previous week, suggesting that the curve is not flattening and is actually still growing. So, Iwan, why are these cities reopening? Well, Gustavo, there are a few factors at play here. First of all, as we have stressed so many times on the show, Brazil is the size of a continent. So what is true for one region is not necessarily true for another, and each of the country's states and municipalities is governed by different rules. So if we look at Sao Paulo, for instance, which is the largest city in the country, you've just explained that the COVID-19 curve nationwide doesn't appear to be falling whatsoever. But when we analyse the data for the city of Sao Paulo itself, we do see a significant drop in new cases. And the local health system appears to be out of the woods for the time being as well, as the occupancy rates of intensive care units citywide has reached a much more manageable level, and the local government has even moved to close one of the emergency field hospitals that it had set up in the city centre. But of course, this is just a recent trend, 
because countries which have reopened bars and restaurants, they've done so after long and sustained periods of falling cases. And that isn't the case in Sao Paulo just yet. And there may be a risk of speeding up the local infection curve once again. God knows I would take a beer outside, but I won't be in any hurry to go out to a bar anytime soon. Why the rush from local governments? Well, I suspect this is a purely economic calculation because Sao Paulo, like many parts of Brazil, they've employed a sort of half-hearted social isolation regime for some time now, enough to dramatically alter the lives of its citizens and take away any form of leisure, but not enough to actually help stem the spread of the virus. Put simply, I think that a vast majority of business owners and consumers are just fed up. Uh, Bar and restaurant managers, they want to start making a profit again, and the general public is desperate to return to, you know, some semblance of a normal life, no doubt emboldened by President Bolsonaro's dismissive attitude towards the pandemic. You mentioned earlier that the case numbers in major cities such as Sao Paulo appear to be falling, so where is this virus spreading now? Is the interior of the country the new epicenter? Yeah, that seems to be the case, yeah. Uh, For instance, when we look at the state of Sao Paulo, which is the size of the United Kingdom and has a population comparable to England's, only 12% of the new cases recorded on Monday came in the state capital, and that's vastly different to what we've been seeing in recent months. So this suggests that the focal points for infection are now smaller inland cities, where, you know, communities are more closely knit, And this poses its own risks because these municipalities often don't have the health infrastructure needed to deal with a massive increase in patients. So, you know, that's what we should be looking out for in Brazil over the coming weeks. Also, if people are returning to bars and restaurants in major cities, there's always the chance that the virus spread will speed up once again in these highly populated areas. Absolutely. And a recent study from Imperial College London suggests that the contagion rate around the country is already increasing again. According to the researchers, the R number in Brazil has risen from 1.03 to 1.11, meaning that every 100 people infected with COVID-19 would be expected to pass the virus on to another 111 people. And, you know, that might sound like a small increase, but with well over 600,000 active cases in the country, you know, it makes a huge difference. My question is, if cases spike again, will it be possible to enforce strict social isolation again? Public buy-in is low, millions can't afford to stay home, and many more simply won't. Yeah, it would be a tough sell, that's for sure. Ewan, thank you very much. Thank you, Gustavo. In Brazil, we shall hope for the best, but we are expecting the worst. If you like this podcast, please rate Explaining Brazil with five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can sign up to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this show. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a whole week without the need to insert any credit card information whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you very much.